Thursday, August 11th, new day on the Just Baseball Show, new background for both Peter Apple and Arm Layden. Arm and I just got done recording the call-up. Now Peter and I are recording the Just Baseball Show. You guys are using the same background because you are at Just Baseball's new offices, and it's not like you guys are in a basement. You guys are on the 20th floor. That's sick. 38th Street, 8th Avenue, Just Baseball for all those on YouTube. Check out the graph I'm making with my hand. Yes. See that? See how it's going up? The answer is red line up. Also, shout out Den of Geek. We're also in their offices too. We split it with them, our media partner here at Just Baseball. They're phenomenal. That's why you see some Funkos. That's why you see a little bit of Marvel. Go check out denofgeek.com, one of our favorite people to work with. Oh, yeah. I love, uh, the, you know, the index, Jen and Pete. How about uh, Mark Wright? How about all of them, baby? How about Chris Longo? Our Chris dude? Longo, stud. Uh, Colby Olsen also fully employed like he gets benefits i think from den of geek yeah we don't guys, get benefits guys rolling benefits in health insurance right now rolling in it he could go to the dentist once a week if he wanted to what an asshole i what he an should asshole. do what that just to show off <laughs> like yeah benefits f you guys whatever um what we're gonna do we're gonna walk through a surprise for each team and we're gonna go pretty rapid fire through that it's just a guy that we've been really impressed by because you know like I feel like we've done a lot of negative commentary on some teams recently. Yeah. We're kind of due for a scrubbing. We're due yes. to like burn some sage and just say positive things about 30 people. So I've got the NL. Peter's got the AL. But first, I'm still buzzing about that Mariners-Yankees game on Tuesday night. 13 innings. The Mariners walk it off one nothing. That was Luis Castillo versus Garrett Cole part two. Part one, Luis Castillo took the hill in the Bronx, already up 6 nothing. Part two was as advertised. That was an ace-off. Andres Munoz had a dick on the table ninth inning for Seattle. Matt Brass shut it down. Yep. Araldis Chapman looked good. That really, really felt like I was watching it, and I could see the breath of these guys. Like That felt like cold weather, late October baseball. I think you are exactly right. But the Yankees had so many opportunities to put runs across the board, and they did not. One of the worst base running performances I've seen by a team maybe this year. I mean, the Yankees, it felt like made six, seven outs on the bases that could have resulted in runs. Should the Yankees have won? Probably. But it's baseball and the Mariners won. And that just goes to show that the Mariners are truly – a playoff caliber team when you can go and face the Yankees with Garrett Cole on the bump and you have an ace to be on the same side and be pretty much better than him and on that front if the Yankees play the Mariners in any of these series let's say the Mariners make it out of the wild card they should go in fully confident that they can bang with the Yankees. They've proved it during the regular season they proved it in that ace off and the Mariners are legit Yankees, yeah. you're in trouble. 
Can I just say that the bullpens before Jonathan Loisega in the 13th combined for eight no-hit innings? Or eight oh, one-hit innings, pardon, because Chapman allowed a hit. The Yankees had three hits. All three were singles in that game. Looking at the Mariners, Luis Castillo, eight innings, three hits, seven punch-outs. Andres Munoz struck out the side in order in the ninth. In the 10th, Paul Sewald, a one, two, three inning with a punch out. Matthew Festa in the 11th, a one, two, three inning. And then Matt Brash, two hitless innings with three punch outs. That bullpen, like we, we talk often about the improvements that they made with Castillo. You know, we even talk about Eugenio Suarez a good bit because he's turned into a really solid power bat for them. But a guy popping up like Festa, a guy having the type of year like Seawald is having, Andres Munoz, who that felt dude. like a throw-in in the uh, Austin Nola deal with Ty France and Trammell. dude is just Edwin Diaz 2.0, a young version of him, it seems like, on the, on the Mariners. He blows cheese, and he's got the same sort of breaking ball. Is he Edwin Diaz? No. Of course not. Relax, Mets fans. But he looks like a young version of him. And the Mariners had that young version in Edwin Diaz. He's on the fast track to being one of the better relievers in the sport. Dude, he is absolutely incredible. So that game was awesome. And no timely hitting certainly helped the cause. But I am a sucker for the low scoring games. I know a lot of people like offense. A lot of people like the long balls. And I like offense too. I like when offenses are clicking. But games like this... There are some really enjoyable 9-8 games in the postseason, but I feel like the most enjoyable games in the regular season are not 9-8. They're one nothing in 13 innings. That's why we're baseball freaks, because we would rather watch a 1-0 game. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing my prize picks hat. Shout out prize picks. Use code just baseball if you'd like to download, play daily fantasy, host in a Twitter space every day at 5 p.m. Dude, it's gone my- corporate on us. Corporate. Oh my god, that's what they call me, Mr. Corporate, on okay. a lot of these spaces because I, you know, I use our code. Might yeah. as well use our code if you want a full deposit match. Might as well. Um, but one of my favorite bets of the year, you know, we even tracked them last year. Unders were my most profitable because I target the pitchers. You know, I like a game that lacks offense, and I target those because everybody usually likes overs. So what I'm saying is we're the baseball freaks where we'd rather enjoy some of this. But I have to say, there's nobody on the East Coast who roots for the Yankees who enjoyed that game last night. I don't care who you are because there's just no way. It was good to see Garrett Cole turn in a seven-inning, four-hit, no-run, 8K-type performance, but to stay up till three in the morning just to see a base hit um, loss is not what Yankee fans signed up for, and especially when it's at 2.30 in the morning. West Coast baseball, not ideal. But for West Coast fans of the Mariners, that's about as ideal as it gets. That's why we love this sport, man. I mean, we, we love it, it like because it, and it, it, but like it rips our heart out as fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it is such a ruthless sport and it makes you stay up mm-hmm. until two 30 in the morning to watch a four and a half hour game. And it like the beauty is you come back and you've got another game at four ten the next day. It mm-hmm. is awesome. This sport is, is awesome in that regard. Um, one more thing before we get to uh, our surprise on each team. We've got the Field of Dreams game coming up tonight. That's the Cubs and Reds in Dyersville, Iowa. And I remember, why are you looking at me is, like that? Isn't it Friday? No, it's Thursday. It is Thursday? Yes. Sue me. I'm not a real baseball guy. Just You're got not a real baseball guy. 
What I will say is Drew Smiley and Nick Lodolo being the pitching matchup is objectively hilarious in Iowa because if we had I like I can't think of a better one. You've just got two lanky low to mid 90s left handers that like might get some strikeouts. But for the most part, it's ground balls and fly balls. And there will probably be a couple of balls hit into the corn. The reason I bring this game up is because last year um, and, and this is one of the very few times we've ever done this. Um I had a game that night. I think you had another obligation that night. And uh, we were both going to be watching the Field of Dreams game passively. But before any of this happened, just watching the buildup to White Sox-Yankees, we were like, oh, this is going to underdeliver." You know, like Field of Dreams, it was it was a fine movie, but I don't know how it can live up to the hype. Obviously, the game was great. But the theater this. and the presentation yeah. that Fox put on proved us so ridiculously wrong that uh... I got back. Yes. It I proved, got back. I, I did like it. I did like it a lot more than I thought I would, but I still didn't love it because I'm not the biggest fan of that movie. But to your point, it did surprise me how much I liked it versus what I thought going in. Yes, it it surprised both of us to the point where I got back from my game at like 1230 that night, right it. after T.A. hit the walk off home run. And I recorded something. I recorded like 30. Se- I recorded a 30 second disclaimer saying like, we fucked up. We were so wrong about this. Yes. Uh, this was awesome. Disregard 10 minutes of commentary about the Field of Dreams game before we even watch the Field of Dreams game. So that is even though it's Drew Smiley and Nick Lodolo, uh, I'm going to watch the shit out of that game. I'm going to watch the shit out of it, not because of those pitchers, although Nick Lodolo is incredibly fascinating as a left-hander, but Manfred's overnighting juice balls over to the futures game. Combine that with the corn humidity. Arm and I were talking about that just an hour ago about the cornfields, how that adds a little extra juice in there. There will be balls of flying at the futures game or at the uh, field of dreams game. What did I say? Field futures of dreams game. game. I'm in my prospect. Arm and I were just talking prospects as well from the futures game. I got a little different hats on, but prize picks is the hat I'm currently wearing. Use code just baseball. God, corporate. <laughs> ridiculous all right let's get into the surprises uh again one surprise every team al or nl first let's go with the al why not first okay you're gonna lead us through the al i'm gonna lead us through the nl we're gonna go pretty rapid fire man i mean it's gonna be like i you know you name the guy sentence i give you uh you know not even a rebuttal just like hey he's been really good and then we move on he's been really good and also another disclaimer I came in with the AL, he came in with the NL, so there could be slight disagreements, but I feel like we're pretty, we're hand in hand in some a lot of these things. I usually start with the AL East. I'm going to start with the AL West this time. Let's start. Whoa, with- dude. I know, I'm throwing us off a little bit, making Yankee fans wait, making Oriole fans, the hottest team in baseball, wait. Yeah. Astros, I'm going with Christian Javier. He's earned it. Third in starter ERA on the Astros. That includes Justin Verlander and Framber Valdez. But he leads all of the Houston Astros starters in strikeouts per nine innings. Christian Javier in his 3.14 ERA has not only proved me definitely wrong, but he has been just one of the better pitchers in the American League overall. Is this you waving the white flag or do we have to wait until his 15-year career is over? I, I was talking about with Colby just an hour ago as well. We have to wait until the Hall of Fame ceremony for me really to to wave the white flag. Because with Andrew Benatendi, I called it early. And then he went on a really good road stand with the Yankees. Road trip. Christian Javier, now that he's playing really well, 
I'm going to extend the timeline. And I feel like I'm being very fair. Yeah. Very fair. No, you're being super fair. So as soon as a guy goes 0 for 4, if you say they're going to suck, um, you know, we can we can call it. Say, hey, I told you. Uh, but when you say that a guy is not as good as you think, yet he is putting together one of the better seasons among starting pitchers in the American League, we got to wait. We got to see this thing through to the finish line. Put me on MLB Network. <laughs> there we Let's, go. Next one. Next one. Seattle Mariners. We were just talking about him. A. Eugenio Suarez, I think, has been the biggest surprise. Remember when the big trade was for Jesse Winker? A. Eugenio Suarez has been just straight up better. He's walking at a 12% rate, one of the highest in his career besides that 2020 season. And he's tied for the team lead in home runs with Julio Rodriguez at 18. We still have pretty much two months left of the season. I think he's going to approach 30 home runs. He's been one of the Mariners' best hitters in a lineup that really does need him. Yeah, I, I think the other argument could be made for Ty France because I wasn't expecting Ty France I wasn't to do even what he surprised was surprised by that though. I was I was surprised by it, but I'm a I'm a little bit more surprised that Eugenio Suarez is as good as he is. Because again, he was an afterthought. He was a salary dump yeah. in that deal. He might have depleted the return. It was Williamson. They might have gotten more for Winker if they left Suarez out of the deal, but Suarez has been really good. I mean, what he's fourth among the the Mariners in war, I think, too. Yeah. He's yeah. he's um he hit below the Mendoza line for the Reds last year. He was terrible. American. He was terrible. He was terrible. He's a salary dump, and now he's one of the better hitters on the Mariners. To your point, though, totally agree. Like Ty France is an honorable mention here, but yeah. I felt like bef- at the beginning of the season, we were all so pro Ty France. Like we've been Aram has been pro Ty France, it seems like since he was on the Padres as a prospect, as a dude who just continues to hit. So I we maybe we didn't imagine that he'd be one of the best overall first baseman in baseball, but I think we all thought that he would be really good. That's the only reason I didn't add him. Yeah, I understand. Moving on to the Texas Rangers. And this one, I was talking with Colby because you could say Brock Burke, who's been a phenomenal rookie reliever for them, but you could say Jonah Heim, their catcher. But I think a lot of people thought he would take the next step. He's always been a great defender, but a 118 WRC plus for him. But I think the answer is clear here, Jack. Martin Perez, are you kidding me? Remember when he was on the Red Sox and was an absolute afterthought, and now he was an all-star, shoved in the all-star game, and he's been one of the best pitchers in the American League this year. He's a full win better than any pitcher in terms of F-War. He's the ERA leader in terms of starters on the Rangers. Martin Perez just continues to say, F the numbers. I'm that guy. You've got no rebuttal from me. I, Absolutely I, not. I have no rebuttal. I, I did not expect Martin Perez to be a good major league starting pitcher this year. And he's a great one. I almost laughed when they signed him. Angels. This one is also pretty easy for me because he's been overall one of the best players on their team. Taylor Ward. The dude has been better in the WRC plus department than Shohei Otani. He's been better in the F war department. If we're just talking hitting than Shohei Otani borderline all-star been one of the bright spots on a really disappointing angels team, but at least they found another guy also want to shout out Luis and who's been great as of late, but over the full season from April to August 11th, Taylor Ward has been one of the better players on this team, probably the third overall best player. 
Yeah, I, the team that has run out Andrew Velasquez for 98 games, who has an OPS that is uh, 490. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, Taylor Ward is is performing well. And I think that a lot of people thought that Taylor Ward w- was going to be good this year. Nobody thought that Taylor Ward was going to do this mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. year. They thought it was going to be Marsha Adele and Taylor Ward might be that fourth outfielder and he would be good. He would solidify a spot on the bench. Taylor Ward has now solidified a spot in the lineup every day. Dude, the Angels next year with Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Taylor Ward. They're going to be great. They're going to be so good. Foolproof. I, I, there's no shot they missed the postseason. God damn it, I hate that team. All <laughs> right, I, I lost all my money on them too. Just burned my win total ticket. I've talked about the, on this podcast before. Moving on to the Oakland A's. There's a lot of good options here. I've been very intrigued with what a guy like James Caprillion has been able to show lately overall. But... And Paul Blackburn, of course, has been great, but he's been regressing a ton lately. I was surprised to see that he has a 4-2-8 ERA right now. Yeah. So the guy I went with is Cole Irvin. Yeah. He had a 4-2-8 ERA last year, 2-9-4 ERA this year. He leads all Oakland A's starters in ERA. You should see this man at home in front of 40 people. This could be the greatest pitcher on the planet. He's got a 166 ERA at home, absolutely dominates in the Coliseum that is falling apart. Cole Irvin doesn't care. He likes sleeping in his own bed and shoving in Oakland. And overall, over this full season, he's been one of the better left-handed pitchers in the American League. He truly has been if you're looking at the production. Yeah, I, I'm kind of all the way in on what Cole Irvin has done so far this year. And I was going to say Blackburn because Blackburn was the all-star, but Cole Irvin, like, at the end of the year, if you were to guess who the all-star was on this team, it's it's that guy. Um, Cole Irvin has been phenomenal for them this year. He has been the one phenomenal player for them this year that is still on the team. Um, I mean, they're in, they're in a really bad spot. I was also just looking at the A's headshots. And um, Paul Blackbird and AJ Puck look way too similar. Like Amish with the red long beard, pretty gross. Um, so I'm going to go with the guy that is a bit more cleaner kept. Also, AJ Puck has been good too. Puck's been good. Puck and... Puck has been good. They drafted him as a starting pitcher. Like exactly. he was what fifth overall, and yeah. now he's resurfaced as a bullpen guy. If he's a bullpen guy, great. Um, but this is uh, an underwhelming development for AJ Puck, I'd say. I just really liked him in college and I was afraid that he was going to bust and he busted at least, hard. At least he's found a role though. Like he's not a, I never made the major leagues and never made it at all. Like yeah. he can still be really, really nasty. And I'm just, I'm excited for a guy that I rooted for in college. Let's move on to the AL central twins was tough. Twins was tough, but I went with Luis Arise. Is it that surprising that he's hitting 329? I think it is, but this is a guy who's hit in this sort of range. Last year, he hit around 294, but the WRC plus is what I'm looking at. He's always around 100 to 110. Now he's got a 140 WRC plus. Luis Arise has not only been one of the best hitters in the division, he has been one of the best overall hitters in baseball this year, has the lowest amount of strikeouts of any hitter in baseball. Great contact bat. Reminds you of old baseball, Tony Gwynn. He's not Tony Gwynn. I know. But guy who's hitting 330 who doesn't strike out at least reminds you of that type of hitter. Yeah. Um, I will say that I was not expecting Yoan Duran to be this good in this role. 
Um, I think Duran is probably the guy for me. I also think the other guy for me in a positive light is Nick Gordon. I was not expecting Nick Gordon to have a 750 OPS. And I thought Nick Gordon was a waste of a roster spot and they were out of options for him. So they were just holding him and there were better options elsewhere. No, Nick Gordon should be playing for a team that's good. Yes. I, the way I looked at it, and there will be a reliever on this list. The only re, the only way I would put a reliever is if he was otherworldly dominant. And Duran has been otherworldly dominant. Has he, though? Like, if you look at, you know, some ERA leaderboards, you know, he's over two, and there are plenty of ERA guys who are uh, under two. He has been phenomenal. He's been the best reliever in that pen. But I just didn't put him there because Luis Arise is hitting 330. I don't think if I told you Luis Arise would not only have the least amount of strikeouts in baseball and lead the league in batting average, not just the American League, but the entire sport, I think you would have been surprised over if I said, yo, look at how good Yoan Duran is and how nasty he is. Do you think he could be a really good reliever? I think you would have said yes. That's kind of how I interpreted it in my mind. But yeah. you're also not wrong there with the Nick Gordon P. And Yoan Duran has been surprising. He has been really good. I'm not trying to take anything away yeah. from him. That's just how I thought about it. Another one real quick on Minnesota. A, a guy that is surprising me negatively is Carlos Correa. And, and Arm and I had talked about that on a recent episode, but I was expecting Correa to be a lot better than he is this year. So that is surprising with a different definition than what we are using. I'm not trying to uh, brag, but do you remember what <laughs> don't, I said? Don't brag. I'm not uh, going to. I, Correa, you could still make the argument that Correa is more valuable uh, in the long term than Corey Seager. So. You could. Who's having the better year? Tell I will. Me. I will say the career. Other is. just baseball show listeners who have been listening to us for a while, you're hearing through the mic. You know what I'm talking about. I understand. Let's move on to the Cleveland Guardians. Andres Jimenez. Yeah. Clearly. This dude is one of the best second basemen in the entire sport. He's one of the 15 best hitters in the sport if we're looking at WRC plus this season that park adjusted sat that we love so much hundred is league average and he's got a like a 143 he's been 43 percent better than average he has the same f war as jose altuve the guy who everybody calls the best second baseman in baseball andres jimenez has been phenomenal for the guardians if we're talking about best hitters on the guardians it's jose ramirez then it's andres jimenez this year yeah, honorable mention Stephen Kwan, but Andres Jimenez is the clear-cut answer. Absolutely. Let's move on to the your Chicago White Sox. This one was sort of challenging, but the more I looked into it, there was a clear answer here, and that's Johnny Cueto. I mean, you guys signed him as kind of an afterthought, and now he's the second-best starter on the White Sox if we're looking at ERA. Is Michael Kopech the second best starter on the White Sox? Yes. If we're looking at production, ERA, he's second with an ERA under three, and he's third in F-War among pitchers on the team. You know, I was even considering putting Dylan Cease because the fact that he has a 1.98 ERA, he's been a top three pitcher if we're looking at that stat. Unbelievable. Yeah. But I still gave it to Cueto because if I said – Hey, when the White Sox signed Johnny Cueto, I bet you he'll have an ERA under three. You would have sent me off the podcast saying, dude, I don't know if you can actually talk baseball anymore. I mean, that's an asinine take. Correct. Um, yeah, I think my biggest surprise for the White Sox is Tony LaRusso, the fact that he's still here. Um, 
But aside from that, I think he did well with the Cueto selection. What did we say at the beginning of this episode? We're uh, going to oh, be nice. We need to burn some sage. We need to be nice. <laughs> we need to be I, nice. Burn the I, sage back there. Do I have to be nice to Tony LaRusso? I'll give you a pass. Yeah, there we go. I mean, ugh, yeah, I'm with you. Cueto's been good. Um, Kopech, the beginning of his year was surprising. Uh, he has ticked down in recent months, and that's probably why he's not the biggest surprise right now. Cease, I think everybody knew that Dylan Cease had this in him. We did. Uh, and and we it's talked just about the beginning. We talked about Cy Young odds, like he was our dark horse. I mean, yeah. And, you know, we talked to uh, Michael Fisher from Codify during the offseason, and I just asked him, like, how good can Dylan Cease be? And as soon as he just laughed at the question, I was like, okay, yeah, there we go. We're good. Just one of the dirtiest pitchers in baseball. Yes. Let's talk about another pitcher who's been much better than I think a lot of people thought this year, including myself. That's Brady Singer on the Kansas City Royals. Most surprising player for the Royals is Brady Singer. Leads the Royals in starter ERA. He's the clear leader in F-War. I remember out of Florida, this guy had all the hype in the world. He falls to the middle of the first round. I loved him coming out of Florida. Then that bit me in the butt because he just was not consistent at all. Is that a lot due to maybe how the Royals have been developing pitching? I think you can give it to that, but he has been so good besides that while no other pitcher in that rotation has really made that next step. I also thought an honorable mention, this guy just went on the 60 day DL, but through 36 games, I mean, Edward Olivares was sent over 300. I mean, I don't even think anyone would thought that he would even play that well. But it is Brady Singer. I mean, Brady Singer has been, now that Ben Attendee's gone, the most valuable player on this team this year. Yeah, it is Singer. And I think, um, you know, I was sitting here at the beginning of the year saying the jury might be in on Brady Singer. Like, he might just be a swingman guy. He might not be a successful major league starter. And he really struggled in April, too. He was full-blown bad. He had three appearances all out of the bullpen, uh, and he allowed, what, four runs in five and two-thirds innings? Like, it, it wasn't good. It felt like, oh, this is a guy that's just going to be um, a ho-hum relief pitcher. And then he puts together 19 and two-thirds innings, a three-run ball in May. Post-All-Star break, four starts, 26 and a third innings, six earned runs, 31 punch-outs, four walks. Yeah. He's striking guys out. He's not walking guys. That was the thing with Singer. When dudes weren't hitting him around the ballpark, he was walking everybody into oblivion. He's not walked anybody into oblivion over his last, you know, 10 starts. Um, That is a massive change for the better for Brady Singer. And I think that he can use this positive energy and this confidence boost to, to parlay it into a really good 2023. I absolutely agree. Let's move on to the Detroit Tigers. And the Tigers are very challenging because nobody on offense has been surprisingly good. So you just have to look at pitching. You could say Tarek Skubal, but I think everyone expected Tarek Skubal to take that next step. I think we expected Casey Mize to possibly take that next step. Arm certainly didn't. I was kind of in the middle, and you were very pro, but I was more on your side because I did believe what I saw at Auburn, as you did as well. Just the most disgusting splitter in the world, kind of similar to you know Rodon in college as well. Just had the fastball and just had the otherworldly breaking ball. So I guess I kind of took a cheap option here because Alex Lang has been one of the better relievers in their pen. And I know I kind of cheated with relievers, but 
considering how much better he got. He lowered his ERA by a full run, and he's striking out almost 12 guys per nine innings. I guess I was surprised. that I wasn't really surprised by Fulmer. I wasn't really surprised by Gregory Soto. I wasn't really surprised that much by Joe Jimenez. Maybe that could have been the answer here. But this guy, Alex Lang, I barely ever heard of him. And now he's one of the better relievers in one of the better pens in baseball. I went with him, but I'm not sold on it. Like, if you have another one, give it to me. Because I I went through a bunch of options and I just thought, I mean, that surprised me the most. That yeah. doesn't mean he is the most surprising. Yeah, I, I think it's Scooble for me. Like, I didn't expect him to really turn into a frontline guy. I thought he was going to be a three. Um, And he doesn't look like a one but he looks like he can be a serviceable two. And uh, that's what I thought that difference. Like we thought he could be a good three, but he turned into a serviceable two. I wasn't like that. But again, that's, yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. I think I was just assuming that he was going to be another victim of Tiger starting pitching, going to shit. I mean, like everybody <laughs> Scoobles on the 15 day Brisky's on the 15 day. Fiedo's down in triple Pineda's on the 15 day. Erod, I don't know if he has. I I don't know what's going on with him. Like, heard any updates? Mize is a TJ guy. I mean, it, it's incredible. So I thought that Scooble was going to be just another victim. Here's what I will say about the Tigers' starting pitching situation: Scooble has proven that he is a piece in the rotation moving forward. I think Matt Manning is proving that he is a piece in the rotation moving forward. I don't think you're wrong I, there. I saw Manning finish a rehab assignment, and he threw six innings of shutout ball. I was mightily impressed by Matt Manning. He comes up his first start back with the Tigers off of injury. He's really impressive. I think he figured out how to work off that high spin fastball. I think Manning has something left in the tank, and I think that he can really be a piece in the Tigers rotation moving forward. I also don't think Alex Fiedo is that bad. I, I like Fiedo. I like Fiedo, and I like Bo Brisky too. I agree. I think there's your five when you add an Erod, and that's not that bad. It's not good. It's not very good. That's okay. Let's move off the Detroit Tigers, who cannot hit lowest OPS in baseball against righties. Nice job, Tigers. Let's move on to the AL East. With the Yankees, you could go with Jose Trevino at catcher. You could go with Nestor Cortez Jr. at starting pitcher. But you know the, the one that I came to that I feel like it's going to be obvious when I say it? It's Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter is fifth on the Yankees in home runs with about 200 less plate appearances than everybody else. 15 bombs. He's even played some outfield for the Yankees. Granted, not good in the outfield. But did anyone expect when the Cardinals let him go for nothing that he would come to Yankee Stadium and hit third consistently in one of the best lineups in the sport and deserve to hit third? He fractured his foot. He had a foul ball off his foot um, a couple of days ago. Hopefully he's going to be back for October. That's a huge blow for the Yankees. You could see that in Yankee fandom. You could see that on Twitter. If Matt Carpenter goes down and it causes that sort of uproar, that's the most surprising player on the Yankees to me. I just think it's so funny that like Carpenter came in with zero expectations and did exactly what the Yankees wanted Joey Gallo to do with all the expectations in the world. Matt Carpenter exceeded every single expectation that I think Joey Gallo came over with. We, I think Yankee fans all knew he was a 200 hitter always. Matt Carpenter 
had an OPS over a million for a little while. I mean, and to, and to not even be hyperbolic and say a million, like it was at 1400, 1500 at some points, there was a stretch where he was the best overall hitter in baseball. There was no point in the, on the Cardinals. He was the best overall hitter in baseball. That was one of the best stretches he's ever had in his career. His mustache is also hilarious. Unreal. So full. It's so funny. Like Nestor, Nestor's got a good one, but Carpenter was like, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. He almost looks like a cartoon. You know, he looks like a cartoon character. Like, are you um um give me that uh you're more well versed in in everything else except baseball than I am. Who was that? Um I feel like such an idiot. You know, you know that bunny that like gets shot by um the, the cartoons you know what i'm talking about fuck I, don't look at me like that like i'm an idiot not do you Roger know what Rabbit i'm talking about no not really you don't know what i'm talking so about what i was thinking was or he gets you... killed or the the hunter goes around like shooting with a shotgun bugs bunny bugs bunny right doesn't he get shot by like a hunter sometimes Dude, i don't know that might have happened like once in in the history of like bugs bunny and okay maybe I'm just tunes. Um, someone someone tag us on twitter tomorrow and, and let me know what i'm trying to say <laughs> um i was thinking have you ever seen the spongebob squarepants movie yeah so when they're when they're walking around with the kelp mustaches yes. and they run into dennis and he's like this is what a real mustache looks like and he pulls That's down better. the bandana just spawns a mustache that's that's a better comparison <laughs> there we go Let's move on to the Blue Jays, who this player could also be deemed as a cartoon character, but he's so good. The Blue Jays, I'm going with Alejandro Kirk. Yes. Did anyone expect five foot eight, 270 pound Alejandro Kirk lead the Blue Jays in F war to walk more than he strikes out to hit over 300? When you have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, Teoscar Hernandez, the crew, and Alejandro Kirk pinch hits when he's not catching sometimes, when they just need a hit, they don't care about splits. This is the best hitter on the team this year. Alejandro Kirk is easily the most surprising player on the Blue Jays. Yes, um, easily, easily, easily. A guy that I do want to just shout out is Santiago Espinal. And Espinal has really struggled over the last month or so um, to the point where his OPS is below 700. But what Espinal has done, turning into an everyday player for the Toronto Blue Jays and forcing Kevin Biggio out of an everyday spot is really, really impressive. And nobody saw that coming from a million miles away. Um, I think people saw a starting catcher in Kirk they didn't see best catcher in baseball this year in Alejandro Kirk. Think about this. God, Gabriel Moreno yeah. is now expendable Yes, because of Alejandro Kirk. Gabriel Moreno came into this year as a top 10 prospect. And now Blue Jays fans are thinking, what can we get for this guy? I mean, this look at what Adley Rutschman has been doing. Gabriel Moreno is not to that point yet because he's not 24 years old, but he wasn't as far down regarded as a guy like Hadley Rutschman. That's how good this guy is. Yeah. And now you think to yourself, we don't even need him. That's how good Alejandro Kirk has been. Let's move on to the Rays. Rays again, tough one, but I went with overall the war leader on their team because I, if I think I told you that Yandy Diaz would lead the Rays in F war this season, you would say you're crazy. But Yandy Diaz has been the most 
surprising player for the Tampa Bay Rays. He walks more than he strikes out, and he's second in WRC Plus on his team. The power output is not there, but the hard hit rate is there. He hits a lot of doubles in the gaps. He's just a low liner hitter and been overall the leadoff hitter for the Tampa Bay Rays and one of the best players on their team this season. Yeah. Um, Yandy Diaz is a good one. I also like Harold Ramirez for this. Definitely. But he's just for, that's the only yeah. reason I was like, you know, Yandy Diaz has just been that dude this entire season. But uh, Harold Ramirez is 1B in this in this conversation yeah and and to be honest i was kind of shocked that shane mcclanahan turned himself into a cy young front runner i i like i loved shane last year and in 2020 i was fully aboard the shane mcclanahan hype train but the reason you board a hype train is because you're not entirely like a hundred percent sold that this guy is going to become that you're sold that he's going to be really good but you've got your fingers crossed and you're hoping that he becomes the Cy Young Award winner. Shane McClanahan could be the Cy Young Award winner this year. I'm so thrilled to see that. But yeah, in terms of like overall surprise, like baseline expectation, what they have done this year in terms of results, I think it's Yandy Diaz and Harold Ramirez over Shane McClanahan because the bar was already set high for McClanahan. The only reason I didn't really consider Shane McClanahan is who told me that he was going to be elite. The guy I'm talking to right now. So that's kind of the reason I didn't do it because this is also surprising to us. Maybe not we're giving the best answers of who has truly been the most surprising because I think over the greater baseball audience is Shane McClanahan taking the jump to Cy Young Award winner, best left-handed pitcher in baseball, probably the most surprising. Yes, but who told me last year, watch out for this guy as he's going to be one of the better pitchers in the American League East. That's Mr. Jack McMullen. Yeah, he's a lefty that is a, a, a beat different with his release that gets insane extension down the mound. And I mean, high spin fastball snaps up a curveball and a breaking ball, and he's got that disgusting changeup. Like the world was McClanahan's oyster if he stopped, you know, dealing with command issues, and he's walking one and a half guys per nine. He's incredible. Enough said. Let's move on to the Orioles. Here's where I brought a reliever. Because you could go with a lot of different options. You know, I considered Jorge Mateo for how good he's been on defense, along with the fact that he has 26 stolen bases and 11 home runs. But an 83 WRC plus kind of took me back and been like, okay, well, maybe he's just not that good of a hitter. Maybe it's not that surprising. Felix Bautista is the answer here, in my opinion. I mean, this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about otherworldly domination. Edwin Diaz gets a lot of shine for being the best reliever in baseball, and deservedly so. Emmanuel Class A is a strong number two there. But you can make the argument Felix Batista has been a top five reliever in baseball this year. One six nine ERA is incredibly impressive. The fact that he strikes out every single player, the fact that he throws 100, the fact that he's got the one of the nastiest splitters that could be considered one of the best overall pitches in baseball. But there's a stat that I found incredibly fascinating is the 92.5% left on base percentage. Yeah. That is studly. Yes. He comes in in big spots and shuts it the fuck down. That's the sign of an elite reliever. He can close games now that Jorge Lopez is gone, but at the same time, he can come in in the seventh inning, bases loaded, no outs, and get you out of jams with strikeout incredible stuff. 
Felix Bautista is a name to know in the American League East that's filled with great relievers. Felix Bautista is listed at 6'5", 190. He's that's not 190. Not accurate. <laughs> not accurate. Let the big dog eat. Uh, Bautista is a big, big boy that can move some serious weight that is 100 on a beeline, and then it's a nasty splitter that drops off that axis. It is incredible what Felix Bautista does. Last one. Another reliever. So I guess I did cheat more than I thought I did. For some reason, I thought I didn't add a bunch of relievers. But Oh, I've got some. Who's been surprising on the Red Sox this year, people? I'm asking you, the listener. Who? You knew Devers was great. You knew J.D., Bogarts. Probably more surprised of the players who have not performed, like a Verdugo or, I mean, you could even throw Trevor Story in there. You know, Kike has not been the player since he returned. Eovaldi has just been way worse. You know, we all knew Garrett Whitlock was good, but it's not like Garrett Whitlock has taken this enormous leap forward. So I went with the guy who should have been an all-star, John Schreiber. Leads the team in ERA at 1.88. I don't have much else to say. In terms of production, he's almost been as good as Felix Bautista. But there's a clear eye test there where you see Felix Bautista pumping 100 and you see John Schreiber in the mid-90s. But still, production-based matters. And John Schreiber has been a bright spot in an other... How do I describe the Red Sox? Just... Bad. Straight up disappointing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just underwhelming, underperforming. Yeah. yeah. When the Baltimore Orioles clear you in everything. Yes. There's a problem. Yes. Um. All right. Should I move NL West to NL East or NL East to NL West? Do whatever you want. I'm going to go. Okay. So I'm going to go NL East to NL West, but I'm going to switch it up to, I'm going to go bottom of the division up. So I'm going to work from, from the, the bottom dweller to the team that is leading the division. So we're spicing things up a little bit. Uh, Starting in the NL East with the Nats, for me, I'm cheating right away. I'm going with a guy that has been super underwhelming because I don't think there's anybody, you know, worth really noting in a positive light with Washington. Um, Mm. For me, Victor Robles has been the most surprising guy. I just didn't know it was possible for a guy with those tools to be this brutal. (laughs) Who else do you want me to say? Like Patrick Corbin. I I just love how you cheated immediately with the Nationals. That's how bad they've been. That's how bad they've been. There's nothing positive to say about this team. Josh Bell would have been my answer, but Bell's a Padre. How about this? I have a guy. I mean, Luis Garcia has been pretty good. You know? I don't know the stats in front of me. Luis Garcia has a 706 OPS. (laughs) Luis Garcia in 59 games. Has 280. Two, okay. He has a 200. He has 233 plate appearances. Three walks. <laughs> We're being nice. It's incredible. I mean, it's hard it to be over nice about put, this team. Just do it over again and put it Luis Garcia. Just okay. for the, just for, just, you, where, where, where's your sage? Where is it? I didn't see shit being lit. Dude, I don't know. Uh, Luke Voigt is uh, <laughs> 7 for 20 in his first six games as a national, so it's Luke Voigt. You know, their AAA team in Rochester has lost 18 straight games. Oh. So you got the Nats going on up there. You have this influx in AAA with David Dahl, with um, I like David with Dahl. CJ Abrams. I Fuck. mean... 
like Abrams fire, but Rochester's lost 18 games in a row. Why is Abrams not playing right now for the Nationals? I don't know. I've got no idea. It's just uh, bizarre. Probably because they have Luis Garcia. Yeah, I think so. And it's three walks for every 233 plate appearances. Next for me is the Marlins. You don't even like walks, though. Uh, yeah, I don't like walks, but when you, you love don't, Luis Garcia, said 280 like, doesn't walk, swings and everything. Dude, you luck your way into like 10 walks in 200 plate appearances. I, I really feel like you can just luck your way into a 5% walk rate. And he's sitting here with like a 0.1% walk rate. Um, the Marlins, for me, it's Braxton Garrett. Because um, I think a lot of these bats, I was expecting to be good. Like Jazz, I was expecting to be good. He's been hampered by injuries. Garrett Cooper, I think we've always known that he was a good bat. He's just kind of made a glass. Braxton Garrett, I was not expecting a four ERA out of him straight up. And Sandy, yeah, best pitcher on the planet, Sandy Alcantara. But we all knew that Sandy had that potential going into this year. It was a real possibility. Um, he's just turned it on. And Pablo Lopez is actually worse than he was last year. So for me, I, the pickings were slim. I went with Braxton Garrett. I'm glad you brought him up because Arm and I were talking about top three rotations in three years. And, you know, we were talking Sandy. We were talking Pablo if he stays. Talking Max Meyer. Talking Jesus Zardo. Talking Edward Cabrera. Possibly right. even Sixto, whatever happens with him. But we didn't talk about Braxton Garrett. And I remember listening back thinking, oh, that was a boof by us because – I remember another booth we had was when we were talking about the Cardinals playoff rotation and we just forgot to add Michael in there for no who, reason. By the way, allowed 14 hits in two and two <laughs> thirds innings runs. last night. Yes, it did happen. He he had a negative 29 fantasy score. Yeah. Clay yeah. Snowden brought that to us. He said he's never seen it before. <laughs> two and two thirds, 14 hits, 10 and runs in Colorado. Incredible. That 16 to five winning by the Rockies. Unbelievable. But Braxton Garrett deserves some love here. I wonder if he's going to factor in because he was one of their better pitching prospects. You don't think so? I don't think he will um, because I think like this is as he performs, like he's a four ERA guy. And I think they have a bunch of guys in, in the low threes, like that's their potential. Um, I just don't think he's one of the five or six most talented arms for the Marlins. Marlins have a really good rotation though. So maybe he gets packaged in a deal. Like he's a big yeah. league pitcher. He's I think he's a big, a big league. league yeah, he's a big league starter. He is a big league. Like he's, he'd be the ace on the nationals. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. 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 Josiah Gray. Better than him. He's, he's, he's a turkey tosser right now. Have you seen the amount of home runs this dude gives dude, up on a daily so basis? Weird. Like I can't stand the nationals. Can't stand their big league roster. Nelson it's Cruz and Luke Foyt are the three, four hitters. Dude. I mean, Paulo Espino is getting starts all the time for them. Who is this Stocks. guy? Erasmo Ramirez is playing for them? <laughs> when did this happen? He's appeared in 41 games for the Nats? Dude, what? Right. Has he been all right this year? Why do I have a feeling like he's, he's been all right? He's got a 3-6 ERA. Yeah, right? In yeah. Seven innings. I saw him. I've seen him because I, you know, sometimes my betting on the Nationals, I see him come in and he always seems to get outs. Is who he good? No. Is he getting outs? Yes. Dude, who is Andres Machado? I've never seen this name before. I could click around major league rosters. Um, there was a guy that uh, there was a guy that Oakland ran out, and I texted Clay Snowden, Dermis Garcia. He was like the eight hitting DH a couple days ago. I was like, it's really hard to sneak a major league guy by me, and Dermis Garcia is a guy that 
I had never heard of before. Same thing happened with me and Jonah Bride, who now hits leadoff for the Oakland A's. Yeah, I, I looked at a picture of him when they brought him up. And when he was hitting, I was like, wait a minute. I actually have never heard of you in my life. There's often where I've, you know, I see a player and it's like, oh, I remember you as a prospect or, oh, I've maybe seen you before, but it's like, I don't really know anything about you. I had never seen Jonah Bride in my life, never heard that name in my life. Dude, it's incredible. All right, let's move to the Phillies here. Uh, for the Phillies, I've got Alec Bohm. Boom, mm. Bohm was brutal last year. And the first month with the, you know, I, I fucking hate this place thing after he made a couple of errors in the same game, I thought he was cooked and he has turned it around. He's a different hitter than I think the one that the Phillies drafted. But Alec Bohm is a serious piece for the Philadelphia Phillies right now. And he has kept his spot when it felt like he was on the hot seat at the beginning of this year. I love the Alec Bohm one because he should be doing this. I think last year was this weird anomaly. Alec Bohm is better than what he showed. He was the third overall pick out of Wichita State. Just hit every single level. Weird season. Weird kind of beginning to his career. But should be that guy. And is that guy the third hitter? For the Phillies, when Bryce Harper comes back, he's going to be the three-hitter. But Alec Bohm absolutely deserves it. One guy I want to shout out, Sir Anthony Dominguez in their pen yeah. is dirty. He's got a 1-5-3 ERA. The 27-year-old has been the best reliever in their pen. One of the best relievers in the National League this year. And he's got a sick name, Sir Anthony. Yeah, that is pretty dope. S-C-R Anthony. Um, yeah. For the Braves, so I like. I think the answer is William Contreras. But it's hard mm. for me to not say Dansby Swanson. Contreras is mm. pumping out an 880 OPS in 58 games, but Dansby putting this together in a contract year is mm. crazy because for William Contreras, like we always knew that he had the potential to be good. He wasn't ever going to be this good. Um, for Dansby, the track record was already set. There was a large enough sample size to judge Dansby Swanson. And now we're looking at Dansby Swanson as a nine-figure shortstop, which I don't think anybody was looking at him as before this year started. I think you're totally spot on there. I was thinking before you were going to say that William Contreras should be that guy, but it is Dansby Swanson now that I think about it. We pegged him as the barometer for average shortstop play, which is not an indictment on Dansby Swanson. It's representative of how good the shortstop position is. And at the shortstop position, he's the league leader in F4. Dansby Swanson absolutely deserves to be the most surprising player, but that's just a, wow, dude, you've really been a top five, top six ish shortstop this season and you deserve over a hundred million dollars. Good for yeah. you. Exactly. So very similar to what we just did with Atlanta where like William Contreras, but um, for the Mets, Adam Adovino has been good. It's a nice bounce back year, but I would be lying to myself if I didn't say that Edwin Diaz was the guy. I mean, he's a freakazoid. He finished eighth in AL Cy Young voting in 2018 with a with a 196 ERA, a 161 FIP, 15.2 strikeouts per night. That was 2018 in Seattle. This year, he's up three strikeouts per night to 18.1. He's down 60 points in ERA from 196 to about 139. And he's literally cut the FIP in half. He's got a 0 0.82 FIP. Knew that Edwin Diaz was really good, but he's had some underwhelming years over the last couple. But for him to bounce back in this nature and become the best reliever in all of baseball was surprising for me. 
surprising for me too. Wasn't surprising the analytics community is taking their victory lap with a guy That's like fine. him. That's like fine. Sierra, those type of stats, you know, super advanced um, ERA indicators, predictors of these sorts of, um, you know, producing stats. I mean, they they all thought that Edwin Diaz was still one of the best pitch, relief pitchers in baseball, just had some really bad luck in terms of, I mean, the amount of guys he strikes out, the, he limits hard contact, wasn't walking anybody. But at the same time, in the greater baseball sphere, he was getting booed at City Field last year. That was a reality there. Yeah. So the fact that now that went from boos to, to when he to trumpets and when he steps on the field it's a parade at city field is the biggest surprise for the mets this season at least i think you would say that for mets fans he has been the big one another one that i do want to shout out because i was talking to chris longo who is of course a huge mets fan shout out den of geek he says his biggest surprise was david peterson that yeah. david peterson has really taken this taken taken the step <laughs> forward from fringe sixth guy to he's given them really great starts this year transition more to a bullpen type role but i think it, a lot of mets fans thought this guy's on his way out not yeah. on his way into being a valuable piece for the team yeah no i'm i'm with chris on that one too but for me it's ds i mean him refining this it. was amazing um all right nl central the cubs Clear-cut Christopher Morell. Morell came out of absolutely nowhere. He is a, a sleeper pick for NL Rookie of the Year if something happens to Atlanta and Strider and Harris are both done for the season. It's Morell, but I want to shout out Nico Horner. He's got a three-war, same as one Soto. Unreal. Yeah. There we go. Nico Horner, uh, he was dealing with a bunch of injury concerns. He has been an all-around player, but Morell has been spectacular. Um, for the Pirates... This was tough. If Jose Quintana was still on this roster, I would have said Quintana. Um, but now I think it's Michael Chavis. I didn't mm. think Chavis would have been one of the best hitters on one of the worst offenses in baseball, but good mm. for him. It's interesting that you said Michael Chavis. I was going to say Mitch Keller after all of his like terribleness, but yeah. I think he was also a pitcher that we all thought would be better. So well, that's why I get why you said Chavis instead of Mitch Keller. Yeah. So another reason I stayed away from Mitch Keller was everybody was so high on him before the regular season started because of the Tread bullpen athletics. videos. Yeah. yeah, because of Tread Athletics. Like Tread was just pumping out videos of Mitch throwing 101 in, in bullpens. But then when he sees major league hitters, it's, oh, God, this is Mitch Keller again. It's It was very tough for me to not say Mitch Keller, but um, I, I remember everybody thought that he was the second coming uh, right before teams broke camp this season so spot out there yeah um for the reds another bullpen guy and another diaz alexis diaz nothing like a sub two era and an 11 and a half strikeouts per nine uh drury was the answer before he got dished out to san diego uh but it is alexis diaz jonathan india on the other side has been just and he was I, hurt for so long. I know, I know. And he's better than he is, and he's going to be better next season. Just been a very disappointing sophomore year for a guy like Jonathan India, who I even expected to get better. Yeah, soft spot alert for the Brewers. Uh, Keston Hura is my guy for Milwaukee. Dude had such an incredible start to his career in 2019. Tapered off in 2020. Was dealing with some health, health issues in the family last year and was just dreadful when he was on the field, but he's bounced back big time. Played 45 games for the Brewers, 10 bombs and an 840 OPS. 
I think Keston Hero went from a guy that was destined to be a quadruple A guy after a couple bad years to having a consistent spot on the roster in the span of 45 games this year. I'm not sure if Brewers fans accepted. First of all, I think that's the answer, but I don't think Brewers fans expected Rowdy Telez to be the three hitter. He's got a what? He's got like a 790 OPS, I want to say. Been very good for them. Yeah. I don't know if they expected that, but I think I like your answer better. Just throwing another guy out there. Thanks. I appreciate you throwing another guy out there. Um, yeah. And I also just like any chance I can spew positivity about Keston here, I'm going to do it. Uh, for the Cardinals, Brendan Donovan, much like Morell. Nobody thought Donovan was going to factor into this team whatsoever, but a 400 OBP, a 770 OPS with defensive versatility. Nut. He's been better than Nolan Gorman. If I told you that Brendan Donovan before the beginning of the season, if if I told you Cardinals fans that both of them would be up and Brendan Donovan would actually be better than Nolan Gorman, you would have, again, said I shouldn't talk baseball, said I should not be hosting a podcast. And yet here we are. Yeah. Um, I, I think they say that for other reasons. About the takes <laughs> and all that. Um, the Diamondbacks. The answer is Joe Mantiply, the all-star Joe Mantiply. The other answer is probably Merrill Kelly, but the answer is Joe Mantiply. All-star. I mean, you're kidding me. Yeah, dude. Um, He's sick. Rockies was a tough one. Because, um, like, obviously, Bard is really good. Um, I personally went with CJ Crone. 23 dong, 79 ribbies, 280 with a 514 slugging. I know he did it last year. I didn't really think he was going to do it again. But CJ Crone did it again. First one you're off. I think there's a clear one here. Jose Iglesias is hitting 316. Did you expect that? No fucking way you thought that was no, going to happen. I didn't expect Iglesias. <laughs> Overall, to hit some of the WRC plus, I get it, but he is hitting 316. I don't think anyone on earth could have said Jose Iglesias. That would be my clear answer here. Let me find his slugging percentage real it's quick. It's not good. Uh, I'll tell you right now. Jose Iglesias <laughs> uh, is currently hitting 316 with a 417 slugging at Coors Field. Do you know how hard it is to slug 417 at Coors Field? Ryan McMahon just hit one 478 at Coors Field. I didn't and even know that was possible. For, okay. Oh, no, 495. Here's me. another one. Uh, Connor Joe slugging 363 at Coors Field. That's really hard to do. It's hard to do. Jose Iglesias with a 416 slugging is not terrible. He plays not half his awful. games on the road. Not awful. You're right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, fair. Okay. Uh, next one for the Giants. I went with Wilmer Flores. The team's leader in RBIs. He's one off a of jocks lead in bombs. He's ripping it. He's still playing all over the field. The Giants have been really disappointing. Um, you could make cases for Luis Gonzalez. You could make cases for Tyro Estrada. Um, but I'm going to go with Wilmer Flores because I thought he was totally over the hill. Agreed. I want a chance just to talk about uh, my guy Duvall. who I fell in love with Nat last postseason. Camilo Duvall. Yes. There was a there was a lineup with uh, pitching ninja did this and I thought it was awesome watching Ben Joyce and uh, from Tennessee yeah. kid throwing 105 with Doval's pitching mechanics. I mean he's one of the most entertaining pitchers to watch in baseball. I really think so. Yeah. It's now 101, 102 with absolute fuzz comes at you from this like pterodactyl arm angle, 
and he's just got a wipeout breaking ball. He looks impossible to hit. I love watching Doval pitch. Yeah, he, you know, he has been possible to hit though, which has kind of caught me by surprise. Two eighty RA. Yeah, like I was, I was expecting like he just waltzes to a two flat. Agreed. That's what kind of stuff Doval has. So I actually think this year has been kind of underwhelming, but I think again that's because we set the bar so high on him at the beginning of this year. I set the bar. One of my hot takes was that he was going to emerge as the best reliever in the sport. So, yeah, I set the bar kind of high. But still, he has performed very well, and he's been much better lately, too. He got off to a rough start. Like, his ERA was in the fours, I think, a couple of months ago. But since then, he has just been electric. He is electric. He is. Um, Another guy with really high expectations once, but the goalposts were moved on him a couple years ago. My most surprising guy for San Diego has been Jurickson Profar. Um, mm. He's putting together his best full season since he was a 25-year-old in Texas. And this was, you know, the former number one prospect in baseball. He's 29 years old now, obviously a shell of his prospect self, never really achieved what everybody expected him to, re- to achieve with Texas um, and had a couple of fine years in San Diego. But now he's become an actually good player for the Padres and looks like a guy that can be an everyday utility guy for San Diego. Jerks and Profar is probably the answer, but the player that I was drawn to was Haseon Kim. Yeah. I was pretty surprised that he's really carved out a role here for the Padres kind of as another utility type, really good defender has really filled a hole for them at shortstop when Tatis went down. And I just didn't expect him to play as good as he has that was my answer, but I think Jerks and Profar, I mean, he leads off for the Padres. Yeah. I mean, he deserves it. And yeah. I agree. I was very surprised by how good he's been, too. Well, but kudos to Kim for being thrusted last minute into an everyday shortstop role and helping this team not just swim, but thrive. Exactly. So credit to Hassan Kim. And then the last one for the Dodgers. Tyler Anderson, like what the hell is what the 13 hell? and one with a 272 ERA? He's got what a sub hell? one whip. He's fixed. Opponents are slugging 217 against his changeup. Nobody's touching that pitch because it's new and he is comical this year. Dodger voodoo magic. Fuck. You want to hear more Dodger voodoo? How about Gavin Lux? Look like Lux. he couldn't throw the ball in the infield, look like a bust. And now he's one of the better hitters in the best lineup in baseball. How about Tony Gonsolin, all-star? 13-1. Splitter from hell. Andrew Heaney doesn't allow runs. You can go into their bullpen and find three or four dudes that you've never heard of who blow smoke. Cody Bellinger's been better this year. Dodger voodoo. That's all we're going to say to end the pod. Evan Phillips has a one four three ERA. He should be their closer. They should stop giving it to Kimbrell to try and close out these games when Evan Phillips is clearly a better reliever right now. Clearly. And Vessia is a better reliever than Kimbrell, too. Kimbrell Kimbrel pissed me off so bad with the White Sox last year um, because he came over, said that he could pitch in other innings that weren't the ninth, and he could not pitch in innings that weren't the ninth. And even then, it was a stressful ninth. 
so stressful. Probably the most stressful ninth that you're really going to find among contenders right now, which is crazy because it's the Los Angeles Dodgers. But they get Blake Trinan back soon, who's throwing 97 in rehab starts. He, he'll be back in 15 minutes. Man. He is going to remind you why he's one of the best relievers in baseball. When Walker Buehler comes back, we may be talking about second-place teams very soon. Yes, I think so too. Um, all right, you already plugged prize picks a couple of times in this podcast. Get your merch, follow us on social. A lot of links you need are in the episode description. New new white t-shirts, new long sleeve athletic tees. We're also coming out with new hats. Make sure you click that merch link. That's the best way to support us. And if you could leave us a five-star review on this podcast on Spotify, we're almost at 500 five-star reviews. Want to thank all of you for listening. Apple Podcasts, if you're willing to write a review, if you're listening to this or watching us on YouTube, hit us with a like, leave it in the comments who you think was your most surprising player and make sure to describe it does help us out. And with that... Thank you, everybody.